गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबडी आई स्निग्ध शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड इलेवेंथ फेब्रुवरी टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी वन दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोज हु डू नॉट हैव टाइम टू रीड न्यूज पेपर दैम सेल्स द एनालिसिस ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवेन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड The very first article of the day is a divergers a curse the odds are stacked against the left congress alliance in west bengal atanu biswas one of the first major opinion polls conducted in the backdrop of the upcoming west bengal assembly election exhibited a dismal 12% vote share for the pre poll alliance of the left parties and congress While there is no reason to have blind faith in opinion poll results there is little doubt that the left congress alliance will become a distant third in the elections the two the top two spots would be claimed by the trinamool congress and the bharatiya janata party in no particular order divergers law divergers law theorized by french sociologist modic diverger states that single ballot plurality rule elections such as a first past the post secured within single member districts tend to favor a two party system in the first past the post system the candidate winning the highest vote share in a constituency becomes a winner and the electorates often choose candidates who are most likely to win this mentality of the voters certainly affects the prospect of the third party or alliance the electorates often care about the overall winability of the political parties to form the government as well for example it is widely believed that many floating left voters of west bengal voted for bjp in the 2019 lok sabha elections stanford political scientist gary w cox modernized divergers law and made it more operational in his 2002 book uh, titled making votes count or divergers law is criticized by some expert as a first past the post system of voting has no tendency to produce two party politics outside the us in fact india is often regarded as an exception to this law at the national level but not at the district level in the 2016 west bengal assembly elections the combined vote share of the left and the congress was 32% In the 2019 Lok Sabha election it shrunk to mere 12% and if the opinion poll is any sort of indication divergence law might affect the poll prospect of the third force in the West Bengal will the alliance vote share increase or will it shrink further while analyzing voter behavior with respect to the previous elect elections voter can be classified into three groups stickers switchers and undecided the last two groups constituent the swing voters while stickers vote for the same party as in the previous elections the voting pattern of the swing voters can be explained by game theory models let's illustrate a situation like west bengal using a setup where three major party alliances are a b c and others combining the remaining are con- contesting the election let's suppose the vote share of each of the top two parties are around the 40% mark c is poised to get 12% support and the remaining vote share is attributed to others for each party or alliance part of the support comes from the swing voters who are open to voting for any other party as well although the swing voters might care for the winability of the parties in terms of forming a government for which more than 50% of the seats are needed The vote to seat conversion is a complicated non-linear mechanism in our electoral system more so due uh, to the multi-party setup 
therefore winnability is often a perception and not quite backed by simple calculation or numbers let's suppose the voters believe that neither of the top two parties can form a government of their own even if all swing voters are pooled in their back and it is believed that a and b will not form the government together if both the two par- the top parties are eager to resist the other in the possibility of hung assembly and equilibrium may may be may obtained if all the swing voters switch to c provided it is believed to be open to allying with both a and b if needed to form a government this might do wonders for the election electoral prospect of c for example in 2018 despite winning only 37 seats in the assembly hd kumar swami could win the karnataka chief minister through an alliance with the congress which had 80 seats disadvantage at c however in the possibility of a hung assembly if the electorate believes that the left congress alliance would be reluctant to ally with the tmc or the bjp the 2018 karnataka movement is very unlikely to occur for the left congress alliance in 2021 bengal the alliance will not get the swing voters of other parties and a part of its own swing voters might even go to the tmc and or the bjp divergence law would work to shrink the vote share of the alliance further in this case so public perception really matters and also if it is believed that the total swing voters are substantial to take the tmc and or the bjp beyond the halfway mark the left congress alliance swing voters might be influenced by the bandwagon and the alliance's own vote share might shrink further manu biswas is a professor of statistics indian statistical institute kolkata The first editorial of today's disinformation is a cyber security threat. Society needs to be protected from infodemics to prevent the possibility of a bro- breakdown, interruptions and a violence. This article is written by Ashish Jaiman. Cyber security focuses on protecting and defending computer systems, networks and our digital lives from disruption. Nefarious actors use attacks to compromise confidentiality, integrity and the viability of IT systems for their benefit. Disinformation is similarly an attack and compromise of our cognitive uh, being. Nation state actors, ideological believers, violent extremists and economically motivated enterprises manipulate the information ecosystem to create social discord increase polarization and in some cases influence the outcome of an election there is a lot of similarity in the strategies tactics and actions between cyber security and disinformation attacks cyber attacks are aimed at computer infrastructures while disinformation exploits are inherent cognitive biases and logical fallacies cyber security attacks are executed executed using malware viruses trojans botnets and social engineering disinformation attacks use uh, manipulative misconceptual miscontextual misappropriate information deep fakes and cheap fakes nefarious actors use both attacks in concert to create more havoc historically the industry has treated these attacks independently deploy different uh, countermeasures and even have separate teams working in silos to protect and defend against these attacks the lack of coordination between teams leaves a huge gap that is exploited by malicious actors cognitive hacking cognitive hacking is a threat from disinformation and computational propaganda this attacks exploits psychological vulnerabilities perpetuates biases and eventually compromises logical and critical thinking giving rise to cognitive dissonances 
डिसोनेंस अ कॉग्नेटिव हैकिंग अटैक्स अटेम्प्ट टू चेंज द चेंज टू गेट चेंज द टारगेट audience uh, thoughts and actions galvanize societies and disrupt harmony using disinformation it exploits cognitive biases and shapes people by perpetuating their prejudices the goal is to manipulate the way people perceive reality the storming of the us capital by right wing groups on january 6 2021 is a prime example of the effect of cognitive hacking the implication of cognitive hacking are more devastating than cyber attacks on critical infrastructure the damage wrought by disinformation is challenging to repair the revolutions throughout history have used cognitive hacking techniques to significant effects to overthrow governments and change society it is key tactic to achieve major goals with limited means for example canon spread false information claiming that the us 2020 presidential election was fraudulent and conspiracy theories in the united kingdom netherlands ireland uh, cyprus and belgium burned down 5g towers because they believed it caused a novel coronavirus pandemic covid-19 disinformation campaigns have prevented people from wearing masks using potentially dangerous alternative cures and not getting vaccinated making it even more challenging to contain the virus spreading disinformation distributed denial of services that is ddos is a well coordinated cyber security attack achieved by flooding it networks with super fluous request to connect and overload the system to prevent legitimate requests being fulfilled similarly a well coordinated disinformation campaign fills broadcast and social channels with so much false information and noise thus taking out the system's oxygen and drowning the truth the advertisement centric business model modes and attention economy incentivize malicious actors to run a sophisticated disinformation campaign and fill the information channels with noise to drown the truth with unprecedented speed and skill disinformation is used for social engineering threats of a mass scale like phishing attacks compromise it system for data extraction disinformation campaigns play on emotions giving cyber criminals another feasible method for a scam a report released by uh, Newster International Security Council that is NISC found 48% of cyber security profession regards disinformation as threats and of the remain remain uh, remainder 49% say that threat is very significant 91% of the cyber security professional surveyed called for stricter measures on the internet deepfakes are a whole new level of danger to disinformation campaigns a few quality and highly targeted disinformation campaigns using deepfakes could widen in the divides between people and the democracies even more and cause unimaginable levels of chaos with increased levels of violence damage to property and lives lessons from cyber security cyber security experts have successfully understood and managed the threats posed by viruses malware and ha- hackers it and internet systems builders did not think of security till the first set of malicious actors began exploiting security vulnerabilities the industry learned quickly and invested profoundly in security best practices making cyber security uh, a first design principle it developed rigorous security frameworks uh, guidelines standards and best practices such as defense in depth threat modeling secure development life cycles and red team blue team self attack to find vulnerabilities to fix them so i need to note this
Security Resilience, ISACs, Information Sharing and Analysis Centers and Global Knowledge Base of Security Bugs, Vulnerabilities, Threats, Adversarial Tactics and Techniques are published to improve the security posture of IT system. We can learn from decades of experience in the cybersecurity domain to defend, protest and respond and find effective and practical solutions to counter intervene in computational propaganda and infodemics. We can develop disinformation defense system by studying strategy and tactics to understand the identities of malicious actors, their activities and behaviors from the cybersecurity domain to mitigate disinformation threats. By treating disinformation as a cybersecurity threat, we can find effective countermeasures to cognitive hacking. Defense in depth is an information assurance strategy that provides multiple redundant Defensive measures if a security control fails. For example, security firewalls are the first line of defense to fend off threats from external systems. Antivirus systems defend against attacks that got through the firewalls. Regular patching helps eliminate any vulnerabilities from the system. Smart identity protection and education are essential so that users do not fall victims to social engineering attempts. We need a defense in depth strategy for disinformation. The defense in depth model identifies uh, disinformation actors and removes them. Authenticity and provenance solutions can intervene before disinformation gets posted. If the dis disinformation are still If the disinformation still gets by detection solutions using humans and artificial intelligence, internal and external fact-checking can label or remove the content. Today, the response to disinformation is in silos of each platform with little or no coordination. There is no consistent taxonomy, definitions, policy norms and response for disinformation campaigns and actors. This inconsistency enables perpetrators to push the boundaries and move around on platforms to achieve their nefarious goals. A mechanism like ISACs to share the identity content context actions and behaviors of actors and disinformation across platform is needed. Information sharing will help disinformation countermeasures to scale better and respond quickly. Education is key. A critical component of cybersecurity is education. Technology industries, uh, civil society and the government should contribute to make users aware of cyber threat vectors such as phishing or viruses, malware then distribute public-private partnerships must also invest in media literacy efforts to reach out to discerning public intervention with media education can make a big difference in understanding context, motivations and challenging disinformation to reduce damage. The freedom of speech and the freedom of expression are protected rights in the most democracies. Balancing the rights of speech with the dangers of disinformation is a challenge for policymakers and regulators. There are laws and regulations for cybersecurity criminals. More than 1,000 entities have signed the Paris Call for trust and security in cyberspace for stability and security in information space. Similarly, 52 countries and international bound bodies have signed the Christchurch call to action to estimate terrorist and violent extremist content online. The disinformation infodemics requires a concerted and coordinated efforts by governments, businesses, a non-governmental organization and other entities to create standards and implement defenses. Taking advantage of the frameworks, norms and tactics that we have already created for cybersecurity is the optimum way to meet this threat. We must protect our society against these threats or face the real possibility of social breakdown. Business interruption and violence in the street. Ashish Jaiman is a technologist and innovator and the director of technology and operation for the customer security and trust organization at Microsoft.
so uh, the next article of the day is denying women the right uh, over their bodies neither the state nor doctors have any right to deny a woman a safe abortion recently argentina's congress le- legalized abortions up to 14th week of pregnancy the indian parliament too will consider an amendment to an out uh, abortion laws this budget sessions but unlike the argentina law which is uh, touted as being historic the medical termination of pregnancy amendment bill 2020 mtp bill will not translate into greater autonomy for women over their own bodies the history of the law the mtp act of 1971 was framed in the context of reducing the maternal maternal mortality ratio due to unsafe abortions it allows an unwanted pregnancy to be terminated up to 20 weeks of pregnancy and requires a second doctor's approval if the pregnancy is beyond 12 weeks further it only allows termination when there is a grave risk of the physical or mental health of the woman or if the pregnancy results from a sex crime such as rape or intercourse with mentally challenged women therefore the law is framed not to respect a woman's right over her body but makes it easier for the state to stake its control over her body through legal and medical debates suppose a woman has had voluntary sex and she decides for personal reasons to end her pregnancy if she is 24 weeks pregnant then this would be a criminal offense so she moves the court under the condition that the pregnancy was affecting her mental health however here the court can refuse her despite the woman's choice to end it in one such case a state government had argued that there were no grounds for an abortion since the pregnancy was outcome of a voluntary act and she was very much aware of the consequence and the court agreed In such circumstances women usually resort to unsafe methods of abortion unsafe abortions are the third largest cause of maternal deaths in India the amendment too continues this legacy of heteropatriarchal population control which does not give women control over their own bodies the proposed amendment still requires one doctor to sign off on termination of pregnancies up to 20 weeks old and two doctors for pregnancies between 20 and 24 weeks old thus it is not based on any request or isn't at the pregnant persons avail but on doctor's opinion personal beliefs the belief also uh, the bill also mandates a government to set up a medical board in every state and ut uh, medical boards can rely on the fact of the ca- case but personal beliefs could impact their medical board's opinion which is one of the biggest challenges in having a third party opinion on a decision which is very personal for instance the madhya pradesh high court denied permission for terminating a 26 week old pregnancy to a 13 year old rape survivor with the psychiatrist on the medical board arguing against the mental and emotional trauma that the survivor would go through the psychiatrist stated that while the survivor was first feeling anxiety at times she was not suffering from delusion and hallucination oh god while the current bill provides the safe abortions can be performed at any stage of pregnancy in case of fetal abnormalities it fails to consider any other reasons such as personal choice a sudden change in circumstances due to separation from or death of partner and domestic violence Last, the proposed amendment uses the word "women" throughout denying access to safe abortion to transgender, intersex, and gender diverse persons. Abortion rights are central to women's autonomy to determine her life's course. Neither the state nor doctors have any right to deny women a safe abortion. Doing so means that women are not being treated properly as adults who are responsible for their own choices. This Madhya, aka Tamihazi, Takap, Tak. Tanka Pandyam is an academic Tamil poet and MP South Chennai constituency and member of standing committee information and technology Taking the long view with China 
both Asian giants can share prosperity and be independent of each other and of the West. Mukul Sanwal is the author of this article. In late January, External Affairs Minister S. Jayashankar said that while both India, India and China remained committed to a multipolar world, they should recognize that a multipolar Asia was one of its essential constituents. As it moves to becoming the third largest economy in the world, India needs to have a clear eyed worldview and a strategy as it makes hard choices. It needs to reject the developing country regional mindset that has hobbled national aims and foreign policy. The year-end review of the Ministry of Defence pertinently refers to the sanctity of our claims in eastern Ladakh instead of the term border used since 1954, opening space for a settlement. We are now confidently moving out of the predicament, predicament that Jawaharlal Nehru placed us in Kashmir, fully integrated into uh, fully integrating it into the Indian Union and consolidating our claimed line. The external affairs minister is also now more forthright. We have a special and privileged strategic partnership with Russia which provides more than three quarters of India's military equipment and a comprehensive global strategic partnership with the US despite the United States strategic framework for the Indo-Pacific 2018 wishing that India sees the U.S. as its preferred partner on security issues. India's relationship with the U.S.-led quadrilateral security dialogue, quad, whether others are uh, military allies, has rightly been cautious. As U.S. President Joe Biden sees China as a strategic competitor rather than a strategic rival. Realism dictators that India does not need to compromise on its strategic autonomy. Diplomatic challenge. The foreign policy challenge for India is really two sides of the China conundrum. Defining engagement with its neighbors which is consolidating and expanding Belt and Road Initiative while remaining involved with the strategic security and technological concerns of the U.S. located across the West Pacific Ocean. The U.S. annual report to Congress Military and Security Developments involving the People's Republic of China cautions that U.S. aircraft carriers, symbols of the country's military hegemony, may not enjoy uncautioned dominance for much longer. Former President Barack Obama's military pivot to Asia failed to overawe China in the South China Sea and the cost of former President Donald Trump's trade tariffs were borne by American consumers and companies. In the financial sphere, there is real possibility of Chinese renminbi uh, becoming a global reserve currency or e-yuan becoming the digital payment currency. China is the world's largest trading economy. It could soon become the world's largest economy. The Fortune Global 500 list of the world's largest companies by revenue for the first time contains more companies based in China, including Hong Kong, than in the US. The BRI countries are using the renminbi in financial transactions with China and can be expected to use 10 transactions with each other. Even the European Union, smarting under Mr. Trump's sanctions, created its own cross-borders clearing mechanism for trade. China has stitched together an investment agreement with the EU and with most of Asia. Relative attractiveness will determine when the dollar goes the way of the sterling and the gilder. China facing technological sanctions from the US may well put in the hard work to make this happen soon. Policy elements. Some form the, uh, of the EU's China policy of seeing the emerging superpower as a partner, competitor, and economic rival, depending on the policy area in question, is going to be the global norm. The EU's reaching uh, uh, the EU's 
reaching out to china despite misgivings of the us means the west has given up on containing the rise of china the broad perspective is also reflected in the india's participation in both the shanghai cooperation organization led by beijing and moscow and designed to resist the spread of the western interest and in the us led quad with its anti china stance within the united nation india interests have greater congruence with china's interests rather than us's and eu's sharing the covid-19 vaccine with other countries distinguishes india and china from the rest the congruence between india and the us lies in the us's declared strategic objective of promoting and integrating economic development model in the indo-pacific as credible alternative to the pri but with the caveat China opening new opportunities for countries in the Eurasian landmass means that Asian will easily move out of the BRI infrastructure digital finance and trade lines Sri Lanka is a recent example the China led Asian infrastructure Investment Bank has increased its membership to 100 countries. China is now the second biggest financial contributor to the UN and has published more high-impact research papers than the US did in 23 out of 30 hot research fields and enhancing its soft pass nearly to levels achieved by the US earlier. Instead of an alternative alternate development model, India should move the quad towards supplementing the infrastructure push of the BRI in line with other strategic concerns in the region. For example, developing their scientific technological capacity and digital economy based on india's digital stand financial resources of their quad members will resonate with asia and africa policy evolution another area where india can play a bridging role is global governance whose principal institutions and structures now have to accommodate other views for issue based understanding president xi jinping's community will share future for mankind and prime minister narendra modi's climate justice and asking how long india will be excluded from the un security council challenge the frame of the liberal order without providing specific alternatives with respect to digital data the defining issue of the 21st century india has recently express that there must be reciprocity reciprocity in data sharing and this is a kind of big idea for sharing prosperity that will gain uh, traction with other countries India's recent policies are gaining influence at the expense of China and the West and both knew this trend will accelerate the steps to a 5 trillion economy 5 trillion dollar economy shifts to indigenous capital military equipments and a new science technology and innovation policy underline impact capacity and interest ASEAN remains keen India rejoin its trade part to balance China and it is being recognized that India software development pa- pros that could shape a sustainable post industrial state different to the US and China model as in the historical past Asia is being enough for both Asian giants to have complementary roles share prosperity and be independent of each other and of the west